2: We are back. My name is Jed Mashu, a writer for MMAfighting.com, the best website in the whole damn world. Make sure you go check that out, because today we are back with another episode of Damn, They Were Good. And it's a big one. It's an important one. Because today we are inducting the first woman into the DTWG Hall of Fame. And we're, what better place to start than with the woman who started it all, Ronda Rousey, rowdy Ronda Rousey, coming in talking about her today and I'm doing it with some of my absolute favorite people in the world we have got a a a bevy of individuals from MMAfinding.com, greatest website in the world Mr Mike heck AK Lee and New York Rick Eric Jackman Ricky joining us for this one fellas thank you for joining me on this because this is a very big pod for us I think
3: yeah I'm I'm very excited to be here I I almost could not miss uh the Ronda Rousey episode this this had to be the one
2: I couldn't be more excited to have you here because I want to get right into it. Is Ronda Rousey the most important fighter in UFC history, not named Hoist Gracie?
3: Oh, I think, you know, when I was looking at my categories, that's where I was going to go. I think in term, if we're talking in terms of impact, she's, she's one A, one B, she's up there. She's, she's one of the most important fighters who's ever competed in, in the octagon, competed in MMA Ah, uh, the door she opened for women, the 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 people she inspired to believe that they could do this as a career, the the opportunities that she created for herself that others have now followed the game plan. Um, Hoist is a good shout because I didn't even actually consider that, which is uh, you know faulty on my part. But yeah, I'm I'm yeah, right on. there with you.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: you <gotta laughs> the, the originator started yeah. it all. <laughs> fair fair enough. But uh, outside of Hoist. You're you're talking rarefied air. The the impact that she had on the sport and and on the UFC in particular. Yeah, Ronda Ronda's up there. If she's not one, she's one B, one C. You know, we're talking Hoyce Connor th- those levels.
4: Yeah, you said yeah, it. Yeah, I, I Jed. feel.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to cut off my best friend like that. Oh, it's I, all right. I, I we we spoke simultaneously. We spoke simultaneously. I, know. I, I defer to you. I sir. mean, it was it was in the universe, it was the way it was supposed to be. Um, you should have just finished I just his, feel, uh, his
2: sentence if you were really best friends. You would have just finished the sentence. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean I'll <laughs> start it and AK well, yeah, maybe AK will say the same thing. We'll have a friends forever moment right away. But I feel like there are certain terms in this sport that are used way too loosely. And I think Pioneer is probably one of them. And Rhonda is the the absolute definition of a Pioneer. I mean, she broke the doors down. She changed everything. She made Dana White change the way he approached the entire business and his entire company. Like Dana White was a guy that said, women will never fight in this organization. And then Rhonda Rousey just got so big, got so many eyeballs on her that she made Dana White change his entire approach of how he conducts business and how he runs a fighting company. So, yeah, she is an absolute pioneer. She is if she isn't the most important person in UFC history, she's in the top 3 at, at worst. So, yeah, absolute pioneer. What what she did, I mean, the UFC Dana White should just give her royalty checks as much as possible because without her, we're we're not on ESPN, we're not on ESPN Plus, we're not watching 43 cards a year. It's Ronda Rousey is a big part of that.
2: Especially because she was like the easiest person in the history of the sport to work with. Like (laughs) Dana said it all the time. She just never cared about her. She's like, yeah, whatever the UFC's contract is, I'm cool with it. So should absolutely be getting on the back end here.
4: Yeah. It's, it's crazy how, The crossover appeal we just never seen anything like it i mean there had been some big stars i mean before her like you know you would go brock lesnar but brock of course had become big in pro wrestling first he brought if anything he brought the crossover like he'd already crossed over to the mainstream and kind of brought that to the ufc like they didn't turn him into a crossover star uh, or they didn't turn themselves into a crossover stars through the UFC, I should say. Um, Chuck Liddell, I remember, had some sort of mainstream cash. There had been people who had flirted with mainstream fame, with notoriety, Tito Ortiz, you know, been in movies and things like that and made movie appearances. Um, but still relegated to that corner of like, oh, MMA fighter, cage fighter. Ronda Rousey was like, I mean, fr- from the beginning, even before she got to the UFC, there was this buzz about her. You know, there was this, there, there was a lot of like talk about like, oh, could this, could she be the one to again make Dana White, you know, uh, let allow women to fight in the UFC? Could she be the one to? Th- does she have that ability to become like a box office success, not just in you know as a, as a fighter, but as an athlete? And um, I don't know if she was the first. I remember the ESPYS. if uh, she won like the best female athlete award or something. She was the first uh, MMA fighter to do that. I can't remember. I'm, I'm I'm I just remember her first time she was mentioned at the ESPYS and won something. It was just this huge, crazy like. She was such a sweeping star in that regard, so uh, yeah, maybe we don't see you know uh, the, how the door can be opened for like Conor McGregor and, and other people who have crossed over, if not for Ronda Rousey, because it was amazing. It's not even that long ago, but it's almost like uh, to a much on a much larger scale, like Linsanity. If you remember, you know, Linsanity was like the, the well the greatest two weeks of this uh, Asian North American man's life, but. And, 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 but if you look at it, people are like, what that happened? Like, that's not real. And I feel like, and I'm glad we're doing the show, Jed, because I feel like some people are doing that a little bit with Rousey, almost forgetting just how insanely famous she was. And to go with the show, she was how, a bigger
2: star than Conor McGregor.
4: And how good. She was good, a bigger
2: star than Conor McGregor.
4: Yes. And how good she actually was. Because there's a lot of people now who are like, ah, she was just famous and she was just first. And, and other people paved the way for her. And there's some degree of truth to all that. But I think. I assume today's episode will, uh, will sort of dispel, I think dispel some of those myths and just, you know, remind people of uh, what was what.
2: Yeah, I think we will definitely uh, get into some of that because that's, I mean, that's obviously the purpose of this. That's what we're here to do. We're here to contextualize. We're here to, to make people remember that at one point in time, Ronda Rousey was the most famous athlete in the history of this sport. Because like, I don't know, I don't know what y'all's relationships are with your non-fighting people. But like my family does not care about fistfights. That's just not a thing that they are, have any level of interest in. But when Ronda Rousey was at her peak, I would get text messages from my sister. My sister loves me and cares, you know, about my interest and stuff, but she'd never be like, Hey, there's a fight night card this weekend. Like what's tell me what's going to happen. But she would text me the morning after because Rousey was all over the thing because she submitted, uh, Kat Singano in a minute or whatever and then there's the the 15 second vine that you can just see of her title defenses she was like so this she's like a she's a badass right and I was like yeah and that's certainly none of my like female family members have ever reached out to me about fighting or any of my my women friends have ever reached out to me I'll occasionally get some dudes who'd be like Conor McGregor's dope but she crossed so many so many boundaries and and sort of reached out in a way did you guys have similar experiences with your family and friends or was did she pass the mom test mike
1: i mean she definitely passed the mom test i a lot of my family does they don't really watch mma like my dad we've watched a couple of cards together my mom doesn't really care um my oldest brother one of my older brothers we always watch and when we have watched something like horrible happens, like Anderson Silva breaks his leg or the next card we watched together, Chris Weidman broke his leg. So anytime he watches a card, it's never a good Dang. thing. Uh, and, then my little, <laughs> and then my little brother, as you uh, you would sort of guess, Jed is in respect. He watches the UFC so we can bet on it. He likes to to play the ponies, so to speak, and likes to get my input. And I tried so to good tell a reason him as any. Yes. Um, but I have had friends like I would go to like parties at friends houses and for the first time in a long time I would have like female friends come up to me and talk about Ronda Rousey and oh she's a badass. And they would talk about like they would joke around like these girls would like joke around and start wrestling each other and then they would call out like they would pretend to do an arm bar and they'd be like Ronda Rousey and they would like pretend to do an arm bar. terribly <laughs> terrible technique and it had no like it didn't hurt at all. So yeah, it was just funny. Like Rhonda just became sort of, even if you never watch Rhonda fight, everybody knew who she was and everyone knew she had that one move. Like she had, she probably, she had like the first legitimate finishing move in MMA history. Whereas like, this is her finisher. This is the DDT of, of the UFC. Like Rhonda hits the arm bar. You're done. Like this is a straight cheat code finishing move uh, for MMA and for the UFC. And, and Ronda did that. And it, it translated, man, even, women who didn't watch her fight, like knew she had the arm bar. They saw enough highlights to know. And yeah, she, she transcended and I had people who I never thought would ask me about fighting or the UFC asking me about Ronda Rousey and then just saying like Ronda Rousey and putting on a horrible arm bar to their friends while they were drinking beers and stuff.
4: Yeah. Th- there was a stretch there. Yeah, I like- mean- where people like I, I don't i don't have a long story but just on average you know people who aren't familiar with like a fighter's schedule like they only fight once every 3 4 months whatever like if you would just mention there's a UFC card coming up they're like oh is Ronda is Ronda Rousey fighting is Ronda Rousey fighting like that that's how that's how her how big her name was like how much it was circulating and getting around so like that's all they cared about it kind of and we again you had that effect later when you had like oh is conor mcgregor fighting it's you know what i mean that's that's isn't diaz fighting is Jorge mazadell fighting but the, i can recall like the first time that was really a common thing among people i knew who were just like casual sports fans and almost non-mma fans was yeah is is ronda rousey fighting on this card that you just like mentioned and i'm like that's pretty crazy. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you called it the mom test. I've I've in the past called it like my casual fan test and it's two-tiered, right? There's there's a level where a certain awareness like permeates and it'll be are you watching the UFC card this weekend or is there UFC this weekend? That's that's kind of the the barometer. That's tier 1. Tier 2 was the Conor fight, the Ronda fight. That's that's where it becomes a thing, a cultural kind of phenomenon akin to You know boxing fans the tyson fight that type of deal the mayweather fight ronda was the ronda fight and people and people outside the orbit would ask me where can i watch the ronda fight are you watching the ronda fight that type of stuff that's when it was very clear to me that ronda is transcending is becoming something more than just ufc headliner and more supernova megastar casual appeal type of uh, fighter
2: I think transcending is transcending is the right word for her because that's. I think we take it for granted now because of what Connor became and Connor surpassed her level of fame, but just it was so wildly unheard of at the time to be like, oh yeah, Ronda Rousey is on it, it, first fighter, first MMA fighter to win an ESPY, like, like AK said. I think she won two of them actually. You know she she's acting in movies and doing all these things just before Connor started to really ascend into that role because again remember rousey's career was basically done in 2015 or at least her her career at the top you know connor didn't truly ascend ascend to his maximum capability until he won the lightweight belt in 2016 so in some ways rousey rousey was there first connor just passed i think i think that gets forgotten because of a lot of the stuff that happens afterwards and sort of the very fast decline which we're going to get into with all the categories. But before we get to the categories, I want one more thing here. Ricky, you promised me takes. You promised me that you had takes on Ronda Rousey. And so I want to open the floor to you. I don't I don't need your biggest take, maybe try maybe, you know, if you've got a take that doesn't step on the categories that we're going to get into, but just fire a take at me about Ronda Rousey.
3: All right. Uh... There, there's one take that didn't fit super cleanly into the categories. I was gonna. That's
2: exactly what we're looking for. Then
3: I was gonna I was gonna do it on the back of one and really shove it in there, but I'm glad you're giving me the forum. Famously, I picked Ronda Rousey for comeback fighter of the year in 2016 on the MMA Hour. We have awards and and I selected Ronda Hour Rousey call. for comeback fighter of the year for 2016. It has it has followed me throughout my MMA career. I want to take a minute to kind of explain that just for a second, and then kind of. See if you guys agree with the justification here.
2: Defend yourself. I love defending yourself. I will defend myself. I'm
3: in in take court right now and I am am making the case. All rise. (laughs) You guys can be judge and jury. So, from the outside, after the loss to Holly Holm, it was very clear to me that Ronda Rousey did not want to fight anymore. Extremely clear. Like the, the, there were, I, I don't think it was very uncertain. I I think there were a lot of factors at play that were kind of pushing her into trying to compete. There was obviously so much money to be made. It was one loss. She's such a mega star. There's obviously a lot of justifiable reasons for her to compete. It was very clear to me that she did not want to fight. It was very clear in the interviews that she had given how depressed and how in such a bad place she she was at the time after the Holly Holm fight. Some of this is, is retrospect. Some of this is things that she's talked about after, but some of this was at the time as well. And then. Famously, went into the Amanda Nunes fight, uh, not doing media. To me, there's a certain level of selflessness. There's a certain level of bravery that I attribute to Ronda Rousey, for knowing that her heart's not really in this. That and and she knows that she really does not want to do this, but is in such a position that the fans, the organization, all the forces outside want her to do this her family her friends whoever is around her and and everybody that's that's in her orbit is kind of pushing her to come back when i don't think that she necessarily wanted to and i think there's a i think there's a quick dismissal especially because of how petulant she could be and how she treated the media and really didn't want and and at times was very difficult to deal with that people want to attribute that to her her personality and and make it something about how she felt about other people. I truly believe that it was something that was inside her. I feel like she wasn't at peace and wasn't, wasn't coming to terms with what she was facing. So as we saw in the fight, you know, as she walks in there, she got obliterated. She didn't want to be there. A, a better fighter just absolutely destroyed her. But I think my, my takeaway from that was that this was somebody who didn't want to be in there and did it for us. Did not necessarily me, you, the MMA media, but did it for The people did it for the people in her life that wanted her to be in there, and wanted to be an example of. Sometimes you face your toughest thing. The Holly Holm fight was the toughest thing she's faced in her career, and you still get up and uh, dust yourself off and and compete. And I think if she had left after the Holly Holm fight, it would have been a different kind of narrative. And I think she was trying to combat that. I just don't think she was equipped to. I don't think that she had that in her. But to me. And the reason I selected, I gave her that award at the time is there is a certain level of bravery. And if we're thinking about like a Hollywood movie, the, the chips are all down. The, the stakes are stacked up against our hero. And sometimes they walk into the fire anyway, and sometimes they don't come out and they're not ready for it. And they know that it's instant doom. That's how I viewed that fight for Ronda Rousey is that she knew that this wasn't going to go well. She knew that she wasn't prepared. She knew she was facing a, a better fighter. She didn't want to be there. But she took that risk anyway and did it. Now, certainly there's monetary gain, but I think there were a lot of people that wanted her to fight and she didn't necessarily want to. And she did something risky and and quite frankly, brave, in my opinion, battling mental health struggles and overcoming them and, and stepping in there. I almost think basically where I'm at is I think the result of that fight wasn't that significant. I really don't. I I, do, I think that fight was lost the moment she signed the contract. I don't think she wanted to be there. So, the the fact that she got battered by Amanda Nunes to me wasn't the story of that. It was okay. This hero kind of dusted herself off and got back in there, and it was a bad effort, and she didn't want to be there. But I'm okay with that. I, I the the act was enough for me, uh, and that and that's where I had ultimately landed.
2: Walking to the gallows with your head held high. Look, Indeed. I, yeah. I I can appreciate your argument. Uh, it's a compelling take. It's probably still not right, but you know, uh, just because like in a vacuum, it's fine, but there are other fighters who also came back in 2016 that are probably more deserving. But I do agree in the broad part of that, that it was a brave act for sure. I don't know if it makes her the comeback fight of the year, but I think I'm with you in that she... I don't think anyone was under any belief that she was coming back to really win. Uh, but she she still made that walk for one reason or another. So I'm with you on that. I don't know if Mike or, or AK want to excoriate you for, for take central over here, but I can at least see what you're saying, bud.
4: I, I picked I can Rousey. That. I picked Rousey to beat Nunes Nunes, so there you go. That's oh all my. you need to know. Did you really I think that I don't know if I want to see uh let's see, this would have been when what year was this? Twenty wow. sixteen?
2: 2016 so I that's right yeah okay okay
4: so i i don't think i was with mma fighting yet i don't think i was with mma fighting yet so yeah i wouldn't have been writing the predictions oh you know it's probably on uh thescore.com i think if i i think if i did yes i believe there is predictions not a, for a great
2: score. website not How? not a website worth visiting mmafighting.com greatest oh, yes. website uh, this in
4: the is, world yes well hold on shout out to nick baldwin of thescore.com <laughs> i mean listen there are reasons i to do go. like Nick. We all love Nick, so I mean, uh, he is you the like man. At the, uh, he is the man at the score right now. Uh, but yes, I used to work there, and I did. If I recall, I'm sure it's somewhere in the web. Uh, I there is a, there is in writing that I picked Ronda Rouse to be the man of noons.
2: I mean, you did not have to admit that on this program. We would have never thought that. <laughs> we're I'm healing. Gonna, I'm proud of you for. Doing we're healing.
4: It. I feel like yeah, we're healing. Yeah, we're, this is so you a place know what, I feel
3: process? closer. I feel closer to you, AK. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you.
2: Did you also pick Rousey? <laughs>
1: No, I I
3: will say two things. Um,
1: one, no. one like even back then, like I was I was doing interviews for different websites, and I got to interview Amanda Nunes for the first time heading into that fight. And maybe that was probably the first time where I felt coming out of an, out of an interview that the person I just spoke with is going to destroy the person she's going to fight. <laughs> like I knew, like I felt like Nunes was going to win, but as soon as I finished that like fifteen or twenty minute conversation with her. I was like, oh my God, she's gotta kill Ronda Rousey. Like, I just I just yeah. had that feeling in the back of like in the back of my mind, there's ronda has got no chance to win this fight. Manda's just gonna run her over, and that's exactly what happened. The second thing I will say is I remember I don't think I watched it live, but I remember the award show that year in New York, Rick. I was listening on the po- on the I believe it was the podcast. I was making a long drive. Your take wasn't great, but I understood where you were coming from, and I don't think you deserved the flack that you got from from Helwani, if we're being honest, I thought he was a little too hard on you. Uh, I think you deserved, you know, maybe like a like the de- like the comparison like a punch in the shoulder, maybe. But it seems like he called the dogs on you to just just wear you down, and, and this has never left you, man. This is like the first email you sent Ariel; It's just never going to go away. Yeah. And I didn't think it was that bad. Like, I I understood where you were coming from. You took it in a different direction. And what people don't understand about these awards sometimes is they are open to interpretation. You can interpret them however you want. Like, comeback of the year doesn't have to be, oh, my God, this guy was getting killed, and then he came back and landed a right hand that ended the fight. It could just be, like like you said, someone who probably shouldn't come back, maybe not for the right reasons, but knew they were going to lose, but still, like, just wanted to make the people around them happy. And the fact that she made that walk knowing she was going to b- get obliterated is, you know, it was a brave thing. So I don't agree with you, but I don't think you deserve the uh, the, the verbal beating that you received, not just then, but still today. It's pretty crazy.
3: I, I can live in that world. I, I mean, it's just safe to say myself and Rhonda were both martyrs, and that's okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, that is uh, – that's definitely true. Obviously, you were <laughs> martyred for things. All right, uh, before we get into the categories, as I do every episode, I'm going to do a brief rundown of of the career, just so we can remember it before we start talking in detail. And honestly, this is one of the easiest ones we're ever going to do. Last time, last episode was Donald Cerrone. It is impossible to briefly run down Cowboy Cerrone's 100 fight career or whatever, but Rondo, relatively tidy, Uh, 12 and two overall record in the sport. She came from a judo background, took the bronze medal uh, at the 2008 Beijing Olympic Games, which was the first, I believe, I'm not 100%, let me make sure before I completely talk out of my own ass here, uh, was the first uh, woman to win to medal uh, in the Olympics for the United States. Uh, she then retired from judo not long after that, moved into MMA. She worked with a bunch of judo people in MMA, Edmund Taverdian uh, Manny Gambury in that group and really became a star super quick. You know, she, she, uh, had a couple of Amy fights and then she was in strike force challengers almost immediately for her career. She started her pro -pro career in 2011. Later that year, she was doing strike force challengers, submitting Sarah Delio, uh, Julia Budd. And then she fought Misha Tate for the belt because strike force knew what they had with her. She got the Bantamweight belt in her Bantamweight debut, uh, and then off to the races, uh, one more fight in strike force before the UFC, uh, absorbed them. And then the big thing, she fought Liz Carmouche, UFC 157, the first female fight in UFC history. She is the woman, as we alluded to earlier, that Dana White changed his mind about women's MMA for, and then she rattled off, rattled, she to be clear, she was promoted to the UFC's bantamweight champion, so that was a title defense for her. She did not fight for a vacant belt against Liz Carmouche. Defended her belt and routed off six of those before the Holly Holm fight, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. And then, then it was over. It was over almost before it began. Uh, from 2011 to 2016, that one fight, the Nunes fight, and it's out. And now she's into pro wrestling, but left probably. I. I Can't think of anyone, even Hoyce Gracie, who had a more impactful career given just how short of a career it was. Pound for pound, if you're condensing value plays, the most valuable fighter that's ever been for my money. So that is the rundown. And now we can get to the categories, guys. Ricky, I'm excited for you. It's your first time here. So we're gonna let you lead off. I normally lead off our category discussion, but you know, you're here, you're a man with takes, you're a man with a lot of opinions. And the first award we go to, it's the Mount Rushmore. It's the big one. It is the four quintessential fights for somebody who doesn't know anything about Ronda Rousey. What are you showing them? What are they? Give me your four, Rick.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go. I did these in in chronological order because the way I think of this is like you have to kind of build the catalog. Like it can't just be like picked out. Um, It kind of has to be like a progression. For me, Misha Tate, first fight in Strike Force. That's where I'm starting off the rivalry, the attitude, the star making performance after that. I think it was clear to everybody, including Dana White, who said women would never fight in the UFC, that Ronda Rousey was something special and needed to be uh, elevated and and needed a platform in in order to continue to showcase her, her skills. And that leads to there was a there was a fight in between there. But then my next one in the in the curation Is Liz Carmouche UFC 157, the very first uh, women's fight in the UFC, Ronda Rousey versus Liz Carmouche? As you mentioned, I'm going to go ahead and
2: say that every one of us will have probably both of those, but if you don't have the Liz Carmouche fight in your Mount Rushmore, you're an absolute moron. Like any, I will just say (laughs) that blanketly. So I hope I'm not calling any of you morons, but (laughs) it's the most important female fight in the sports history.
3: Yes, absolutely. As you said, you know she started as the champion there, so there's a lot of there's a lot on the line. She's not just coming in to grab a belt; she's the champion, so she has to put on the performance that a champion would. And earlier looked terrible for her; um, she was in real trouble. shut her back and locked in a. Dude, that uh, was.
2: A, were you guys were you guys all watching that live? Because that oh, was yeah. insane. Oh, yeah. when you're yeah. like, "Oh my! It would have been the most MMA thing in the world for this to be the woman. Here it is. She's going to be the standard bearer, and she just gets." neck cranked out in the first and, minute but and, and with, yeah. respect to,
4: with respect to Carmouche, who's a great <laughs> fighter and as a, as a world champion today uh I don't know what would have happened to women's MMA I, I, it still would have come around I think but I don't know how much how different the the arc of it would have been if she takes out Rousey that first fight <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: so uh, to the UFC's credit I will say this for them because they don't do this well all the time but they built they did not build Liz Carmouche into a star beforehand, but they gave her time in the build up because of what this was and showing that she's a yeah. uh, was the the first gay fighter in the UFC and showing her background, mm-hmm. and her history. They there was at least something to work on if Carmouche had pulled off that neck crank. But it, I think there's a case that it could have been wildly different.
3: Hundred percent agree with that. I think you're right that they built Carmouche enough that they could use this. But man, that Rousey, Ronda Rousey like experiment. Could have just died, you know, in the womb. That w- that would have been rough. Uh, the next two are not as historically significant, but Alexis Davis, um, the 16 seconds of just pure beatdown domination at the time, where like it's fitting on every social media platform you have, like it's on Instagram. Um, that was insane. And then to me, there's a lot of different places I could have gone here. I was thinking about home, but I ultimately went with Zingano. And the reason I went with Zingano was because it was after the Alexis Davis fight. It was the next fight. And she had just beaten her opponent in 16 seconds. And Ronda Rousey follows that up by beating her opponent in 14 seconds. I don't think we'll ever see something like that ever again. I don't think we'll ever have somebody who... You know what they're coming in there to do, just dispatch their opponent that quickly and is just going to take you out that quickly again. I, I like that's where my head started to like come off my shoulders at a certain point where Ronda Rousey, like everything just got gradually more progressive uh, to that point. Um, so those are my four.
2: Mike, what about you? Where are you in, in full lockstep? I mean, some of these I think we're going to have a big overlap here.
1: Yeah. I mean, at first I, I was looking at it like, I was looking at it through the lens of, of Rick where I was going to go in chronological order. But then I decided just to rank like the top two and then just kind of bounce around a little bit. So Rousey Tate won is 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 there for me because that changed everything. The, the amount of eyeballs, the amount of attention yep. that fight got was just gigantic. And like we talked about earlier, that's the reason why there's women fighting in the UFC. It was because of this fight and the attention that it got in Rousey. Treated Misha accordingly and it started this big rivalry, maybe the biggest female rivalry in the history of the sport. Obviously, Liz Carmouche won number is number two for me because history was made, doors were broken down, we had women fighting in the UFC. Number three for me, I went back to the Sarah Delio fight because I was thinking about what would have happened if this fight happened in like 20- like, if Rousey broke into the sport, like, at the age she was then, but this is, like, 2019, 2020, the kind of reaction that that finish would have gotten. Like, how would, we, how, would we, how would we view it now? Like, we we knew right then that this is the beginning of something really special. People might have known that beforehand, some of the people closest to her, but those who are watching that Challengers 20 card watched that and were like, oh, my God, like, th- th- we might have something here. We might have something that could change everything. And then four for me, it's got to be. Uh, to me, I, I was like Rick. Like, I, I, there was a lot of different options. I end up going with the Holly Holm one because, I mean, it's the most iconic. It's not good for Ronda, but it's the most iconic. It's top five most iconic moments in the history of the UFC. Just the build to the fight, the face off, Ronda getting all aggressive up there, and then just the way that the fight played out. Holly just. Putting the boots to her and then literally putting the boots to her in just one of the most violent finishes you'll ever see. And it was such a big fight. Is it was at a big stadium? The reaction, I mean, it was the legit changing of the guard in women's MMA was that foot across Ronda Rousey's face. And Holly became a star. And Holly to me, from that fight became the Tom Coughlin of MMA. Like, the Giants won the Super Bowl. They beat the Patriots. No one thought it would happen. And Tom Coughlin got to keep his job for, like, five extra years because he beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That win aged incredibly well. And that win continues to age well for Holly Holm because she had 111 title shots after that, no matter what happened in her career. So... Yeah, to me, that's got to be number four. Like, you got to take the good with the bad sometimes to tell these stories. And that is its own probably six chapters by itself in the Ronda Rousey story.
2: AK? Okay.
4: Holly Holm, I definitely made my list. Uh, I I kind of did a reverse chronological order. So Holly Holm, that was the first thing I thought of. It's, you have, you, it's just, you just have to watch it. I mean, it is a fascinating, wildly entertaining fight. Again, if you're a Ronda Rousey fan, maybe not so much because yes, she gets str- her ass straight up beat in that fight. Like I had not watched it in so long. And obviously I just rewatched it for the show. And I was like, I was like, did she have any moments in this fight? And I'm like, oh no, she's just getting, She did not. just, straight she did getting not. E- everything Holly Holm through landed. Every every counter, every setup, everything. When she was aggressive, she landed. When she was countering, she landed. When she was, it was unbelievable. And that, of course, everyone forget. Uh, nobody can forget the um, the Matador moment. You know, she just ducks a, a wild like Ronda Rousey, you know, punch, and you you just don't see stuff like that at the UFC level, uh, in a championship fight or or in any UFC fight. So that that was crazy. So you have to have that, and it's 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 so wild though that um, like Holly Holm has not really. Beaten anyone great since. Um Betcohea, respect, respect. Betcohea. Megan since Anderson, you
2: mean before either?
4: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, uh, Megan Anderson, Mikkel Pennington, who well, she'd was already was
2: her best win,
4: but she'd already in, yeah.
2: I mean, Rina is a decent Rocky win. Pennington, but
4: maybe she'd you already beaten Rocky Pennington, but she'd already beaten her. Right? Yeah. I mean, she'd already beaten Rocky, yeah. so we'd seen that, and that was then Rina a, a split. Yeah.
2: Also, Rocky wasn't as good then. Yeah. taking a lot of heat.
3: Let me just say. Let me just say one thing. Fighting admirably and capably against Chris Cyborg I would consider that a, perfor- a okay. great performance even though it's not a win I'll take that as like showing no, where just... you're showing where your level is
4: but yes to your point like the, the W's on the ledger she's
2: bad she yeah, just hasn't yeah. actually hasn't gotten the win anybody yeah. good. GDR the GDR are rough I
4: mean GDR yep. you could I mean that's a very very close fight plus including the two like post bell fouls so it was an
2: awful fight though it's not just a great an fight awful either
4: fight. but I mean arguably she could have been a two-division champion right and he was she was that close you know um so I had to have that at the top of the list. Yeah, it just has to be seen. I feel like it's crazy. It's like, even if... I feel like it'd be really interesting to show people that fight first. Let's say someone had never... didn't know anything about Ronda ride Like, heard heard of her, but had never actually seen her she fights. reverse career her? It would be fascinating to start with that fight and then kind of go back. Because there is a story told in that fight. I would include, of course, the pre-fight video packages as well. Um, there's a story told in there. And, and then to go backwards and see what... why it was such a big deal that she lost would be really interesting. So the zingano fight also made my list again i i thought zingano had a not a chance to beat her but i'd certainly talked myself into the narrative and she had such a great story and it's like oh look she's she's fighting for so much and she's been through so much and like this is her this is this is someone who's been through the fire what, what can ronda rousey do to her i think there was a great piece, I, I wish i'm sorry i should remember the uh the writer on uh espnw um i'll, I'll find it now a great piece on her and i probably read that before and i was like yeah like yeah this is the, 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 you know how can you how can you beat someone like that who's 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 been through this and um and then she lost in 14 seconds again which is i think more says more about how great ronda rousey is maybe the moment was a little too big for zingano at that time but that was incredible i actually put the tate two fight on there the rematch Probably just, okay. longer, just, probably just because it went longer. Just just <laughs> it went longer than two rounds. It went longer than two rounds. It was, and, and, and you know, I still consider Tate a true rival. I still consider her a true rival, um, even though you know both fights definitively went Ronda Rousey's way. I I like that she did have one person who people are like, oh yeah, give you know give Tate another shot, and maybe you know maybe she'll pull it off. And and uh, they deserve to fight also on the UFC platform. You know, their first fight was big, but then to get to, to get to run it back uh, on on a pay per view, a UFC pay per view, was a really big deal. So I put that on there. Uh, I didn't put the Carmouche fight on. I have my reasons. They're not good reasons, but I have my reasons. I had to slide in.
2: I'm fascinated on why <laughs> you made a bad choice.
4: I had to slide in the Sarah Coffin fight because I well, and I'll elaborate. I'll probably you, get to elaborate you did on this not, more. But okay, I, I did. No, I had to. This is personal for me uh, because this is the fight where the in the pre-fight promo, which is readily available on YouTube, a uh, Showtime. This fight happened on, show, uh, on Showtime, so. Uh, it's on their official their official uh, channel. You can just search Kaufman Rousey Showtime ad or just Kaufman Rousey Showtime. This is the one where they had this very slick video package before, where both women were in latex suits. Uh, and I remember thinking this fight was such a big deal, and I'm like, this is so cool, and also thinking that they would never do anything like this with men fighters, like for better or for worse, they would never put you know do this for the for the men. So and, and both women, God bless them, they've rocked it. I mean, Sarah Kaufman, I'm sure today. Uh, well, I've talked to her about it and she kind of just laughs about it. I'm sure if you had a, she had a choice, she would rather have not worn a full latex suit to promote a fight. um but I love that the fight itself is also interesting for me because like I, I, this was still before I knew Rousey was invincible and I thought like Kaufman had a chance. I thought like oh, she's a great striker, just avoid getting taken down. And as we found out, that's a lot easier we, that was a lot easier said than done. um Rousey was an absolute bull early in her career. You could have great takedown defense It didn't matter. she was gonna find a way. Uh, and, and finish you so the fight itself is actually somewhat entertaining even though it lasted about a, a minute but uh, and, and one more tidbit our own uh, our, our our pal Esther Lynn was at the shoot uh, I don't know I can't remember I don't know exactly what she did but she did help at that Showtime shoot so uh, if for one runs runs run into Esther feel free to ask her stories about the um, Ronda Rousey Sarah Kaufman uh, latex sex suits uh, advertisement
2: I will for sure make sure to- <laughs> <That's good. laughs> oh, that she Man, AK, you're always bringing such difference to, to this podcast. That's why we love to have you on. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry that you're wrong. So obviously Liz Carmouche is on there. My list looks a lot like the correct list. It's Misha Tate won. It is the fight that started everything. She became champion. She became a star. All of it. It's Liz carmouche the most important fight in female MMA history, bar none. You have to have it. It was also just like if you... It's a fun fight. It's interesting because of all what happened in it. And it was just so wild to watch that real time. Like, I just never thought women were going to be in the UFC. And then to see it happening is insane. Uh, Kat Zingano, fastest finish in a women's title bout. UFC One eighty four. 84. I think that's, that's just it for me. And then Holly Holm. You have to. Like, I, I think you have to have Holly Holm in there as well. Because even though... I wanted to put the Betch Coheya fight in there because, but we'll talk about Betch in a different category later. Holly Holm is the, the fight. Like you cannot tell the story of Ronda Rousey as an MMA fighter and not have that in there. It's the fight that everyone knows. Anyone who knows anything about fighting, they might say, "Oh, yeah, Ronda used to beat the hell out of people and like submit them really quickly." They don't know who Katzenhanu or Alex Davis, any of those are. They all know that Holly Holm kicked her in the face like everyone knows it so you have gotta have that so honestly this was like maybe the easiest one of these i've ever done because to me those four are they are it there's it's i don't i don't see how you cannot have any of them you all made compelling cases for your your wrong choices but those are the four that's the mount rushmore that we're inscribing on the wall
0: And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you
0: closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the
3: power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank
2: of America NA, member FDIC. Which brings us to our next category. The I am not impressed by your performance award, obviously named after one George St. Pierre who famously told that to Matt Hughes in the cage. Uh and this is what is the career low for the fighter? And for this one super easy award, right? I think I think the answer is just the Holly Holm fight, but I am willing to hear other other arguments, other choices cuz to me it's the Holly Holm fight at, at UFC 193.
3: I've I mean, I've forget. got an alternate selection.
2: Ooh.
4: Yes. Can I can Another I be the Takes Lee? McGee? Can I, be the turd ahead, and the pun- can I be the turd in the punch? Well, I just want to say the turd in the punch bowl. But the can I be the the socially aware young man first? Uh, I, I did this for the Donald Cerrone podcast as no, well. No, this but- is
2: this is totally valid. And okay, the only- this is another thing to bring up.
4: Yes, for I sure. Will just, I will just bring up. Uh, uh, she she is she is she is not a. Uh, a recognized ally of the trans community, and this is this is tracing back to comments relating to people can look this up. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. Uh, back when you know this, the Fallon Fox controversy was coming up, and there was yeah, the uh, trans athlete competing against women, things like that, and she made some insensitive comments. I, I, I uh, again, I don't want to speak for the transphobic community. I certainly can't. Um, so I would just advise I would just tell people look up um, Ronda Rousey, Fallon Fox. You can make your own judgments. And just she had some comments with the situation, which again I think could have been more tactful. And I <clears throat> excuse me. From what I know of, the, uh, of certain people in the trans community, they certainly are not fans of the way she addressed that situation. So that's where I'll leave it again. I don't speak for them. Um, I am sympathetic. But uh, more smarter people than me have commented on the situation. And, uh, you know, people are free to to, to do, do that. Take that as they will. And, again, and, and how much that reflects, you know, you, you tie that to her career. How much you can separate that from her fighting career. Again, that's up to you. Um, like I mentioned with the Cerrone thing, at, you know, us being in the business, we do... And it's not only Don Cerrone, who knows, countless other MMA fighters. We do have to have uh, an ability to separate person from from career, from achievements. And I think we can do that here, but I just want to get that out of the way and address it. Uh, also, of uh, retweeting of a conspiracy theories that uh, people found very offensive. Again, I would just help people look these things up and uh, make your own judgments. And on a, on a much, much lighter note, um, losing to Michelle Rodriguez in the Fast and Furious 7. Uh, listen, Oh, that's listen, Hold on, answer. listen. It is, it is. I have to. Listen. I have to tap
3: back out because he took mine. I'm done.
4: <laughs> Are you serious? Damn it! Yeah. Okay. Well, you can say. talk. You can talk about. You can elaborate on more. I just want to say it. What? Going wrong? It was established that Letty. For anyone, who, I don't know why I have to explain this, but for anyone who's not a Fast and Furious fan, Letty uh, is Michelle Rodriguez. If you're not a right? Fast and
2: the Furious fan, I know Turn this, turn off, this right off now.
4: Turn this off and just go watch all the Fast we and don't Furious want movies. You here no well don't say that no go watch all the fast furious movies and then come back but she no you it wasn't... can stop
2: after seven i'm comfortable <laughs> saying you can stop at seven no no
4: come on stop it It was it was no, they're sta- still they're still going strong i like hobson shaw it was established yeah, yeah. it was established that letty is a very good fighter she had beaten gina carano in fast furious six but i
2: i still does, does that make you a good fighter
4: <laughs> <laughs> well there you go and and ronda rousey in uh uh faster seven i don't think she has any lines she's kind of this uh she, or she might have like oh
3: she has lines,
4: lines. does she have okay you rick you can oh, remember lines. Friend, I but i do her character is presented pretty regally like bad as badass bodyguard in like abu yeah. dhabi and and she loses to michelle rodriguez i don't know rick please elaborate more i actually I'm, haven't watched i'm gonna read
3: my i'm gonna read my my notes on this verbatim okay you you mentioned holly holm right before i was about to go i was going to pivot and say equally listless, stiff, overmatched. <laughs> <laughs> wow. R- Ronda Rousey just obliterated by Michelle Rodriguez in Fast and the Furious 7. I mean just a wooden actress, bad performance. I get that, you know, she's the tough non-talking badass, but even those few lines were were really rough to handle. And then, you know, Michelle Rodriguez, there's no shame in losing to Michelle Rodriguez because she's the movie badass of of probably the decade and the last couple of decades. Um, she's the goat, but, and, and Letty, the character, I mean, we don't even have to go down that road, but uh, just completely obliterated, obliterated by Letty. So yeah, that was, that was my, uh, <laughs> my not impressed by your performance.
2: Oh man, that's a great answer. That's, we're going to give it to, you know, what Holly Holmes played out. We all know about it. We don't care. It's much more interesting to give it to to her loss to Letty, uh, you know, because it's just A- way more fun.
3: Me and AK on the same page there. I love it. Of course. That is
2: A-plus work, gentlemen. Really proud of you guys. Our next category, the Ivan Minjavar Award, named after my favorite weird thing that happened in MMA, which is Ivan Minjavar was the first career fight for George St. Pierre. Ivan Minjavar Mostly a wave for his career, GSP, greatest fighter of all time, welterweight, middleweight champion. This is for who is the weirdest, most surprising opponent that Ronda Rossi faced in her career. And I got to be honest, guys, this was the most difficult time I've ever had with this category. They're not, her career was very short. I, I tried to dive deep. I went into the judo record. I tried to see what I could find at, pull out of there, see if any of the people at the Olympics she faced you know, had done something notable outside of the judo world and I, I got nothing. I came up with one answer, but I would love for you guys to have dug deeper, maybe found something I missed. Does anyone have a good choice here?
3: Yeah, I've got a pretty decent one. I I got two, one, one I'll go through quickly. The Connor. Uh, Connor, the Ronda versus Floyd talk was very weird. Oh,
1: thank you so much. <laughs> I, I, didn't get a, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to give my answer for the not impressed by your performance award. Is that uh, yours? You go that, on it.
3: You go the, on it. The,
1: no, I mean no. Because that's not you my answer. That wasn't my answer, my answer for that. But that was going to be mentioned for
3: sure. Yeah, for sure. it was just weird. Yes. I'm gonna mention I, that later. I, I want to yeah. say, with, with the interest of hindsight. She never said she was gonna beat Floyd in boxing. Like a lot of these kind of conversations tend to go around. It's like I'm gonna step in the ring and beat up Floyd Mayweather. And it's like, all right, I'm going to sleep now. So be quiet. But she said, if he steps in the cage, I'd tap him out. He yeah. beat me up in boxing, but if he step if he steps in the cage, I'd tap him out. Which to this day I agree with. In that in that moment, if Floyd Mayweather stepped into a cage with Ronda Rousey, it probably wouldn't end well for him. I'd I'd probably favor Ronda. Either Keep way, armbar. The, yeah the 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 talk around it was very weird. That's not my answer but it pivots to another one, that is my answer. And it is. I think this is as clear-cut as it gets. Ronda Rousey appearing on the cover of Ring Magazine is the weirdest thing that will ever happen (laughs) in combat sports, period. I totally
2: forgot that happened.
3: There will never be anything weirder than somebody who doesn't have good boxing, never going to have a boxing match, appearing on the cover of Ring Magazine with like the caption, I think something to the effect of like, is Ronda Rousey going to take over boxing? That was the weirdest thing that's ever happened, and I don't think anything weirder in combat sports will ever happen than that. But it, yeah, but it speaks to answer. the star power she had that, like, she could get on the cover of Ring without ever having done anything worthy of that. It, what, it's pretty crazy that what, she had that, that that draw.
4: Was that after the Sarah McMahon fight or the Betch fight?
3: It was after the Betch fight. It was right before oh, okay. Holly Holm.
4: Had <laughs> it been the Betch
2: fight because that was, was the KO that everyone it was, was like. Okay.
3: It was a week or two weeks before she got knocked unconscious by Holly Holm. So that magazine was sitting on stands. I'm in a dentist's office. That magazine is looking at me the day after she got her head kicked off by by Holly Holm. So I'm well, looking you can't at this kick like
2: people's heads off in boxes. Sure, so, I get it. So but we're like clear.
3: She's this we, invincible like supernova, and then it's like, is she going to take over the next yeah. sport now? And then it was you know that week she had gotten dismantled by holly yeah. so uh for me that was like at the time super weird now even like weirder that that that's even real like that's a relic uh but that's
4: my answer yeah jed, jed, answer. you're right I totally though i forgot that you, but jed you're right though we still don't know who would win in a boxing match i'm just saying we don't know
2: <laughs> we do not <laughs> we don't know they have never boxed each other They've never bought we don't know it, it could be anything could be a boat who knows uh <laughs> Nice. Did either of you have any any better answers than that because my answer is not that good.
1: <laughs> no, that but that, that is that about as that that's as good of an answer as you can get. Like you, Jed, this was uh this is a hard one. And this might be one of the weirder answers, but it's Amanda Nunes. That she had hmm. no Ooh. right being in that fight. Like that that fight made like after the Holly Holm loss, if you had told me that like, if you watch, like, the next six, seven months, if you watch UFC 200, if you had told me that, hey, guess who Amanda Nunes' first title defense is going to be against? It's going to be against Ronda Rousey. I would have laughed in your face. I would have laughed in your face. Like, there's no friggin' way Ronda's going to take that fight. Like, if Ronda comes back, she's going to get, you know, she's going to get a name, like somebody probably in the top five, but a very winnable fight for her. And the most not winnable fight for her was Amanda Nunes. So, like, to me, just... Looking at, like looking at sort of her resume and some of the fights she's taken and some of the other names, the one that is the most stunning to me is the, is the Amanda Nunes one because she had no business being in that fight for multiple reasons, not just from skill for skill, not just because of where her head was at, but just the fact that she clearly didn't want to fight anymore. Like she was done fighting after the Holly Holm fight. And then she goes in and takes on the GOAT of women's MMA, someone that was well on her way to being there, and we knew how good Amanda was. And outside of AK, no one gave Ronda Rousey a chance to win that fight. So, yeah, to to me, like just looking at top to bottom, like early career to to the end of it, it's Amanda Nudez to me. Like that's the most stunning piece of business, not just for Ronda but for the UFC. Like, what was the UFC thinking? Like, oh, outside of just like let's just get a cheap million pay per view buys. That's, I mean, that's literally it because they couldn't have been like, oh, this is a compelling fight. This could be really competitive. No one thought that except for AK, but that's okay. That's okay. AK is the Prince of Positivity.
3: I completely agree with that. I just want to defend AK for a second here. Please. One, I think I also probably thought Ronda had a chance in that fight. I, don't, I honestly don't recall if I thought she'd win or not. But the betting line, the open and closing line, Ronda Rousey opened at minus 280 and closed at minus 190 so you yeah. gotta account for obviously star power, public star power yeah star, baby. star yeah. power factors I wish, into yeah. that
1: i wish i bet on mma back then because i would have <laughs> but, <it>. but goddamn,
3: <laughs> I, I did, a man I did man there, I was, there were people out there that that were willing to forget the holly home loss for sure and then the subsequent was, kind of mental breakdown and all the the associations look,
2: it takes a lot of energy to be a rock star and the holly home fight she had put her after that she put a rock star ways behind her and she was coming and ready to face <laughs> Um
4: Do I have to? Do I, I have will... to read? Do I have to read the, some of the thing I sent you? Do, do the people need to know? Yes, you, they do. It, it's very if you short. Feel it's very short
2: to really, really put okay. yourself out there so, like that. Go as, for it.
4: As mentioned earlier on the show, uh, I did. I did pick uh, Ronda Rousey when writing a prediction for a site I used to work for. So this is on the thescore.com. It's very quick. <clears throat> Let me give you a dramatic reading here.
2: Not a great website.
4: Shout out, Nick Baldwin.
2: (laughs) Just so we're clear.
4: Ronda Rousey is about to remind everyone why she became so famous in the first place. Before the media shut down, before Saturday Night Live, before Holly Holm, before the movies, before Ellen, Rousey was the best female fighter in the world. Her Olympic-level judo skills combined with her steely determination and top-shelf athleticism put her in a different class than the other women at 135 pounds. When she fell to home last November, she fell hard, but this is Rousey's chance to show that she can grow from her losses in the same vein as MMA's greatest champions. She could have picked a much easier test than champion Amanda noons, a woman just as likely to choke you unconscious as she is to pound you into a fine dust, but Rousey wouldn't have it any other way, and it's that temerity that will make her the first two-time women's bantamweight champion.
2: Man, that's a tough scene. Can, that, can we just talk that did about not age? Well,
3: yeah, the, the, the take didn't <laughs> did age, not well, age well. But, but can we talk about the eloquence, the elegance <laughs> of, of AK Lee there? I mean, what, what yeah, a piece of prose
2: there. Way <laughs> too good for that. Not a great website. That's why he's at the best website in the world. Um, um I will say just, just to throw this out there, my choice was going to be Taylor Stratford. Now, Taylor yeah. Gordardo, mm-hmm. mainly just because Taylor Gordardo is a super weird person in the story <laughs> like her own she story fought, yeah. she fought rouse yeah she fought rousey in the amies in 2011 stopped didn't fight again until 2020 when she was in Invicta, and then now is in in the pfl she lost to kayla harrison in 2021 like just a very weird career arc but that was the best i could come up with but i, I like rick's up, answer the best
4: i threw out julia budd it just looks weird now, like Julia Butt, because is, Julia Butt that is yeah, definitely weird. lost her and then went on a run that ended with her, uh, she went on a seven-year run that culminated in her becoming the Invicta, uh, sorry, excuse me, Bellator Featherweight Champion, and it's just, there's this weird like 39-second loss to Ronda Rousey in her past, so um, that, that one was funny. Plus, me, I think but. people
2: forget the whole like early strike Strikeforce stuff that Rousey was not a bantamweight, mm-hmm. like she was... And I fought some like 150s or like 145. I don't remember exactly where they were, but it was like she could have the whole Chris Cyborg stuff, which we're going to get to. All of that came from a place, but then Rousey immediately was like, "I'm a bantamweight. You got to come down and meet me." So it is weird to see Bud, who's a feather a career featherweight, to a lot of Canadians,
4: a lot of Canadians that Ronda Rousey was beating up. Charmaine, tweet Julia, people Julia, Bud Kaufman, and Alexis Davis. My goodness, wow,
2: just attacking your people ak i don't like it and yet like you still it. picked her to beat Amanda man <laughs> good good Stand for by. you just taking taking personal out of out of it next category the fade or sweater of absolute victory award this is if you could have one piece of memorabilia from the fighter's career what would it be uh super easy choice for me and it's not that fun so i'll just say it it's her fight kit from the carmouche fight i think that is just the most important, it's one of the most important pieces of memorabilia, again, for all the reasons we've said. And I just remember distinctly being like, Dude, that's dope. Like this is the first time we'd ever seen a female fight kit in the UFC. She had the reebok sponsorship. I was like, that's sick. And that is a piece of of sporting history that I would not mind, you know, putting up on a wall and having certainly, if there was a physical hall of fame to go to, that's something that's in there, you know, So that's my choice. Did anybody have anything different? Anything that they feel better or more uh, uh, more pulled towards?
1: I mean, it's kind of like where you were coming from, but um, probably the hoodie she was wearing when she was walking out was was mm-hmm. what I landed on. Um, just that she had that classic look. She just had the sweatshirt on, the hood over her head. It had that look in her eye, and I, I went with that just to be a little bit different. But it had it, to me, it had to be something from from that night.
2: Man, wow, we're all just in agreement. Yeah, That's easy, easy. Game. I don't have it. I don't have anything oh. good.
3: I'm not much of a collector, just in general. So for Same. me, it would be either the the Furious Seven script or the latex <laughs> bodysuits that signed. AK mentioned. Now that now that he I, printed that suit, I'll take the
4: bodysuit. That was my answer. Well, I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell you this. So that was my answer because I know Sarah Kaufman does not have hers. Uh, I swear this is the last time I bring up this commercial, but this commercial was so awesome. Uh, I, yeah, because I, I have spoken to Sarah Kaufman both uh, in a in a professional setting, in an interview, and also when we were uh, hanging out uh, with uh, Casey and Esther and uh, Mark Armandia out in, out in Western Canada. Um, she does not have hers. Yeah, I had asked her as I was, like, was it, what all happened to that thing, and she, and she was like, "Oh yeah, it's just it's just gone somewhere," which is probably a good thing. But we don't know what happened to Rhonda's. Rhonda, Rhonda, I think, had a uh, black a black latex cat suit. So I am I know I'm coming off as the biggest pervert of all time uh, on this podcast. But I assure you, I mean, I would want this just for, you know, for memorabilia. And, you know, it's a, it's a weird item to have. This is your and best
2: category. Thank Every you. This is on the, show.
4: The, first, the first question I ever asked, uh, not as a journalist, I was a fan, but the first question I ever asked a fighter was at a public Q&A. And I think this was in Edmonton, I want to say. Edmonton or Winnipeg. Winnipeg, excuse me it was either, i i don't remember if it was tj grant or sarah Coffin who went first but i know the first question i ever asked uh, to i think sarah Coffin was first was what was up with that um commercial and that's when she said oh yeah there are a couple of suits we got from a, from a sex shop a nearby sex shop and um i'm like well this is the sport i want to cover for the rest of my life so it's it means a if lot to me
2: you were made for this pod aka you were made for this exact pod mm-hmm. so we're the, glad to. Have, I, that's a great choice <laughs>
3: The fans may not be able to watch this, but if we popped open that closet right behind you, what's in there? Is there a latex
4: bodysuit in there? Is there uh, something there, in there? Is there a
2: bloody yes. jock strap or whatever it was no. the first time? Like the, there are, the there, pod? There are.
4: There's just a there's just a big gimp suit in there. There's <laughs> there's just a big gimp suit in there. Man.
2: Uh. This is a k you all this is your best category every every time on <laughs> the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna just make you call in with this category's answer for every future episode. <laughs> the next award, the International Player Haters Ball Award, obviously named after the Chappelle Show skit, where we are going to uh, we're going to nitpick. We're going to say, "Hey, where where did this fighter fall short? What were their shortcomings?" And for me, this was extremely simple. Uh, it's hard to kind of it's hard for me to vocalize, I guess, but like man she she really surrounded herself with yes men huh (laughs) like there was no no different of opinion it was she was going to do her thing and it worked out until it didn't and then her career was done uh because you know i mean you could also just say that she had horrific boxing but thought she was a great boxer if that's if that's the way you want to take it but i'm going even broader Traverdian, yet the yes men just being unwilling or unable to recognize her own faults and approach them and and kind of overcome them. That's to me the biggest flaw of her career.
3: Yeah. I like that a lot. That's strong. That's yeah, I,
1: I mean, that's probably the correct answer. Um I went a little more specific. It was the let me let me just put it was the Bethkaheya fight. That fight ending the way that it ended was mm-hmm. like the worst possible thing that could have happened to her because if she just went out there and took her down and armbarred her, we might be having a totally different conversation right now. Because that was it was that fight that quote unquote Ronda fell in love with her striking. She became the striker. I'm not just a I'm not just a judoka, I'm not just a I'm not just the one with the armbar finisher. Oh no, 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 no. I can box my ass off. I'm one of the best strikers in the sport and her coach is saying the same thing. Oh no, she could strike. Wait till you see. Wait, wait, wait till you see how good her striking has gotten. And then from there, it's just like I'm gonna go box and kickbox Holly Holm. That's a great idea. So like to me, it was just that it was that fight, that finish. Betchkahe did a great job trying to sell that fight with her funny faces and her anger. And Ronda just kind of took and it all in. Up the
2: four horsewomen, Bech. yeah. Betch was a savant at, yes. at promoting.
1: <laughs> Great Maybe girl. not at
2: fighting, but man, she knew exactly how to do this thing.
1: Yep. Yes, she sure did. So yeah, it was that fight and just the way that it ended her. I know she sort of, te- she-, she KO Alexis Davis too, but it was that fight in particular where like everything changed and her whole game plan changed and the way she viewed herself as a fighter and the way the coaches sort of answered for her fighting all changed from August 1st, 2015 and on. And by the way... I will never tell you to go back and watch UFC 190 because that event was one of the all time worst events ever. It took forever. I felt like I was like the way we watch fights now. We're like, Oh man, like this one felt like I watched it for three days, that fight and that fight card. I felt like I watched it for a week and a half. That's how long that card was. (laughs) And then we finally got to Rousey versus Betch and it ended in 34 seconds. I was like, thank God this card is over. Cause it was, it was a tough watch. It was a tough watch.
4: Uh, I, think, I think Mike is super right. I think, you, I think you guys all made great points, especially, yeah, the, the who you surround yourself with. I mean, that's that's a huge deal. But I think Mike is super right that, man, because, uh, again, I was just rewatching the the home fight, of course, for the show. And, like, she re- – and there's moments, of course, in there where she does, you know, grapple. She does, you know, almost get a takedown. And, um, listen, Holly Holmes got Gary takedown defense. You know, maybe that wasn't going to work even if she had gone out, like, strictly focused on, like, kind of wrestling and, and judo and um, – Because you know Holly Holm again, just on that day was really the best, one of maybe the best version of her we ever ended up seeing. Um, But yeah, you can see Rousey though when she comes out, she is coming out to strike. She is she is coming up. I'm setting up in striking range. I'm gonna exchange with this lady, with this world champion boxer. Uh, And and yeah, that has to be a product of her team and also yes, her feeling herself like man, my hands, my hands are lightning. If I land one, so feeling herself, you, it's crazy. It's crazy to watch. She really is like I'm, I'm. I'm mixing the martial arts. You know what I mean? If only I had been around back then on the scene, I could have told her, to hashtag, her hashtag, hashtag Rhonda, keep the martial arts apart. Keep the martial arts you're a great judo <laughs> practitioner. You got great grappling. Hashtag keep the mix keep the martial arts apart. But she's like, No, I'm so I've become so great at mixing them, I have to mix them up some more. Or or she didn't mix it enough, maybe, and uh, and only focus on the striking. It is it is very bizarre to watch now. And Mike is right. It, you can draw a direct line from that 34-second knockout of Koheya to the beginning of that home fight and then to the end of that home fight.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you really can. It's, a, <laughs> it's the case. I posted in our uh, Slack, in case you guys didn't remember it, I wanted to make sure you remembered. Uh, of course. The Ronda shadow boxing gif, yep. which is to this day still one of the funniest things. I don't know when that was what that was in relation to. I think it was was like a countdown
3: or something. Yeah, I
2: think it was the pre-home fight (laughs) countdown. It's mesmerizing. It is is just the absolute best thing. And then she goes out there and
3: head movement! It's so so uncomfortable to watch. Has she never... Go ahead, Eric. I was just going to say, somebody at Ring Magazine saw that and said, "Yup, this is it. Let's (laughs) do it
2: over. Cover?
4: is this I, I don't know
2: she's got hands
4: is this i don't know anything about boxing is this not a, you don't do a little lucy is there no loosey goosey like you know you're just warming up oh, kinda, no. that's not <laughs> what oh, this no. is like
2: <laughs> you you don't do it like that
4: oh no it's it it's, looks uh, so bad in isolation i mean you know i'm sure if you extend the clip that's a little fair bit further that's fair you ways.
3: slow-mo something you, you really yeah. like but i mean it was a lot of this ak it was yeah. a lot. i can't of this. Well, i can't stop it's, looking at it yeah it, between it, that it and connor
1: before his remember when connor did the media the workout arm, yeah the, the arm, arm thing shake before thing before the media workout before yeah. the floyd mayweather fight those are the two like <laughs> yeah. gifts that will never oh, no. age well
2: connor connor versus the balance beam is that's oh, yeah. actually <laughs> my my pick for the <laughs> that thing yeah. that's ever happened in the <laughs> sport It's a great one oh, wait till so you hear what i got later beam? i got something better oh i love that because i that got something better
3: um just to put a bow my yeah. my player haters ball award pretty similar, like I just I kept it pretty simple, distilled striking, I mean, I think that's obvious humility, I think jed that's kind of like where yeah, where you're very at. Much where I'm coming, but from. I think there's one little offshoot of that humility that I think is important, like ability to handle defeat, like she very much struck me as a and throughout her career as a take my ball and go home like the moment i face, faced something, I was gonna be out. Um, and I think she spoke into this actually uh, off the top of my head. I think she spoke to her mother, like never preparing her for, for defeat because she's supposed to be like a, a dominator. Like she would like wake her up and arm bar her and like, you're the best in the world. And she never really prepared for defeat, but her ability to handle defeat was just not there. And I think her career could have looked a lot different if the first time she faced adversity, she handled it the way Conor McGregor handled it versus, or, you know, the times that Conor McGregor had handled diversity in his career, um, come back from it with motivation as opposed to kind of just defeat. um. So yeah, but the petulance, all, all these things so kind of added up to a bad stew.
2: I want to talk about that because that has always been one of the more interesting aspects to Rousey's career to me is that she obviously can't handle defeat. Well, yeah. but it's not like she didn't get defeated. Like she was not a dominant force in judo. I mean, she was a great judoka. She bronze medalist took silver at a world championships, won a bunch of Pan Ams. Like, she was a very good judoka, but she lost. She lost in big moments on big stages, but she didn't ever, her her reaction in MMA was just so different to, like you said, take her ball and go home. Because that's really what she did after the home fight. And there are other factors at play, I'm sure, but she got beat. She was gone. She didn't talk to anybody for a year. Nobody heard from her until she was going to come back for the Nunes fight. And then that was, and then she's just, she just left. And it, that has always been so fascinating to me. Because she had lost before. She had come back before. She she knew from professional athletic experience at the highest levels that like, okay, I I can come back from defeat and I can, you know, still succeed. Because, I mean, hell, in the Olympics, the way the Olympics judo works is you lose and then you get back in the repechage Like, you get an opportunity to essentially wrestle back into medal contention, which is what she did. That's how she won bronze. But she couldn't handle it in May, and that has always been so weird. Like, I, has that ever struck you guys? Because I think about it whenever I think of Rhonda.
3: I don't know because I, I I got the sense, and and maybe this is me not understanding judo enough at the time that I was thinking about it. My understanding was that she she abandoned her judo career early as well, unless I am mistaken. There, well, she that did. Like, in
2: general, I mean, she was still young; she could have kept yeah, going. But
3: and I think that speaks to the same instinct that she had in MMA, where she felt like she was capped out. She she faced that wall that she couldn't get over, and was just like, okay. I've, I've done it. I'm done. I'm going to go do something new. And that's what I, that's what I think of. And again, I'm out of my depths a little bit here. I spoke about the judo. I'm out of my depths a little bit with the wrestling, but it also felt like after a certain point, she kind of got, she hit that point there and then she went away and and came back. It seems like she just has that instinct where it's like, if this is not going perfectly for me, I'm packing it up and and I'm going,
2: gets tough. I get, I get going somewhere else.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah but I, th- I yeah I I don't know it, it has always struck me as because I'm used to the MMA fighter having that happen or the athlete in general having that happen and then going wait till I come back you you've never seen me like this before I'm gonna be the best I'm gonna be the best thing you've ever seen and her attitude was was kind of the opposite so yeah it, it always has struck me as weird but I mean it was kind of this like it fits her story honestly like i i feel like th- this story makes a lot of sense like this Rhonda story isn't like there's no mystery to it it all it all kind of like played out the way it was supposed to play out is how i view it's, ronda rousey that's Rousey's a really career. good point
2: i've never thought there is no mystery to ronda rousey it's all on the page there uh, it's all in a there real way yeah all right we're getting bogged down we have a ton of categories to get to so we're going to move on to the closely related alternate universe award for what is the biggest what if of ronda rousey's career i have three possible choices um i have one of them that i'm going to choose but my first two choices are what if she wasn't surrounded what if edmund taverdian wasn't her coach essentially and similarly what if she could take criticism and and improve because i think both of those are there but before i get to my big one the one that i think is the correct answer do you guys have what? what do y'all have mike where where are you coming from on this
1: yeah, I, I was with you, at least I was torn. I had two that I was equally in like with. One was not even just if she left Edmund, but what if she just tried different things? What if she went to ATT? What if she went to Extreme Couture or went to you She's know some so of these other gyms? At like
2: a real camp.
1: Yeah, Jackson Wink. Like she could still work with Edmund, but just do other things too. Like what would have happened if like cross training was as popular back then as it is now. And the other thing just kind of going off of that was the biggest, what if for me is what if Ronda Rousey came along six years later? Like what if Ronda Rousey came in onto the scene in like 2019, 2020, like what would it have looked like? Would she have been on the contender series? Would she have fought for like Titan FC? Would she have gotten this big push or would she have been slowly built up to the fighter that, and maybe she would have improved along the way. Like, she didn't just get thrust into the spotlight. She just slowly got the build that some of these fighters get now. Like, would she have been a 10 and 10 fighter? Um, would she have been the ultimate fighter? Would she have been, w- would the build have been the same? But without, but at the same token, like, without her, women's MMA wouldn't be where it is now. So, so it's, it's, it's one of those like weird, yeah, it's one of those like weird kind of, journeys I take in my mind like you know what if Ronda wasn't tapped as the person to change women's MMA what if like Misha Tate was that person and Misha became the big star Misha fought Liz Carmouche, and then all of a sudden we have Ronda Rousey coming along who just comes out of nowhere would her career as a fighter have been longer if she didn't just get thrust into the pressure and the spotlight right off the bat but I know that's a hard one to answer but it's one that I, I thought about a lot.
2: Well, that's the thing. We can't answer these. But that is my, that's my big one, though, Mike, is, well, just what if Ronda never came along? Very simply, like, do we have women in the UFC today? Because I I have no idea. Because I don't think Misha would have been the one that would have gotten Dana to stand up and say, let's do this. Like, Misha was big, but she wasn't Ronda big. So that that's, to me, going to always be the biggest is what if she never came. But... I like where you're coming at because I think there are other interesting kind of thought experiments to go down if she came differently or or how it came.
3: Yeah, I went a lot less. These are really good. I went a lot less like philosophical. I went a little more like practical. Let's let's make a small tweak and see what happens. Mine was, what if she was able to get past Holly Holm? Like, what if she won that fight? What if it was just like not, hey, I'm going in there striking. Like, what happens? Because from there, that's a million pay-per-view buys amanda Nunes a million pay-per-view buys how big could she have gotten could she have really like well,
2: the thing pushed is, if she beat Holly home i don't does she, she probably doesn't fight nuna's next because yeah tate beat home so like maybe she does tate a third time like yeah yes to the moon super there's a
3: world where that kind of just that train keeps rolling and then mike touched on this earlier and i think it's one of the most interesting points is like what if her comeback wasn't world beater amanda Nunes. now i'll say in like there's a little bit of hindsight out of to that right like amanda wasn't what she is now at that time but she was still damn good and this was the start of that like this is this is the as that run is is cresting and we're going upward but like what if ronda rousey came back against somebody that she could beat like that'd be pretty good that'd be what, pretty nice to see that
2: well that's the thing what if instead of because she came back on her timeline what if she had just accelerated her timeline once Tate won the belt and said Tate has the belt over home, yeah, I'm coming back. She gets the title fight over Nunes, no question. Yeah, like whenever she comes back, she gets the fight. If she come back, then I mean she'd already beaten Tate twice. Yep, like that's it's a whole different world. That's there a were nice a one. A lot of good one ifs.
3: Yeah, if somebody who is mentally defeated to come back to somebody you beat twice, I mean it makes a lot of sense to me. The uh, Amanda Nunes one's a, a rough one, but yeah, th- those were two a little a little more like
4: quick quick fix but yeah who knows
2: they if, opened some really I, sliding door moments though so.
4: i hadn't even thought of that i mine also involves home but I, I want to talk about rick's pick first yeah if she beats home i mean you're probably probably the cyborg talk i mean it was the, it was always around but it probably ramps all the way up now uh rick were you with were you working uh, with, with invicta around the t- this would have been around 2015 2016 i when was cyborg, yeah. when cyborg was in was in invicta i w- I was, yeah. I, I was mean, there when
3: she was just going to the UFC. Like, right. with Invicta, last couple of fights, then going okay. to the UFC.
4: I mean, do you think it's possible the UFC would have tried to do some sort of co-promotion thing and and really make that Cyborg fight happen? Because I'm trying to think who at Bantamweight would have been next. I, I know you guys said maybe Tate again. Uh, but
2: cyborg would have been the, the I, fight like that would have been yes, all. you have all to the energy would have been for that
4: if she i, I think she'd we, been home. i think
3: we were there i think if she had done it that we were there i think it was wow. finally time for that fight yeah i, th- I think it was the, i think it was on the door like at that point cyborg was trying to cut down and show that she could meet in the middle and fight ronda rousey this is when cyborg was putting her body through hell and the early part of her ufc career so yeah i think i think if that momentum continued for ronda it was an unavoidable collision course uh between cyborg and rousey
1: yeah that was kind of like another thing that i thought of with with all this is was what if gina carano beat chris cyborg
4: oh yeah like
1: like could she she would maybe the ufc goes to the well sooner because there yep. was a lot of attention on that fight, and there was a lot of eyeballs on Gina Carano. I mean, she, if, of course, if Gina she got had the doors blowed off, her, I think but the if she would have done fight. that. Yeah,
2: we're, I think we're, she would have been the one who brought it. Yeah, yeah we're having 100%. a very different conversation. Man, there are a lot. I didn't realize there are so many fun what ifs for Rousey that could have happened. Where just a lot of mo- doors that could have opened that were shut because she got kicked in the face by Holly Holm. <laughs> That's a shame. Well, we already touched on it because. But we, So we might as well just make it official. The Habib Tony Awards is our next award. It is for yeah, the fight I that mean, never happened, but you always wanted to see. I think there's one very obvious answer, and you could maybe make a case also for a Rousey-Gina Carano fight, which Rousey even recently said is the only fight she might possibly consider returning for, which, honestly, if she did, I that's going to sell a million pay-per-view buys, probably. <laughs> just, yep. That's just how the sport works. If that fight, the UFC could make that happen. But... It's Chris Cyborg, right? We're all in agreement. This is mm-hmm. the fight that this There's is the no fight other we missed.
3: Answer. This is
4: it.
2: Yeah, uh, I love it when we have an easy category, especially yep. because we still got plenty more.
4: Now, hold on, on. Now, who note, who would you guys oh, pick to win? See, this
3: Cyborg. is hard. This is hard because <laughs> because we're thinking of Ronda now, right? We're yep. thinking of defeated Ronda. Like you can't shake that from your head. You cannot shake the Holly. It was fight a from genuine
2: question at the time. Yes, at especially the time. The Cyborg thing was so – because the Carano fight was always the Cyborg, you know, uh, chink in the armor there was, hey, Gina Cyborg pulled Gina Carano into mount on her. And if Ronda Rousey is in a tie-up, she's going to yeah. toss her and take mount. And then it's Armbar City, baby. It was a conversation. I distinctly remember it.
3: It was. And and I, I think hindsight is just too strong here that, like, I cannot – it I, I cannot separate Cyborg's career now – and ron and ronda's end from each other to the point where i, I w- it wouldn't be competitive in my mind but at the time i would have been much more willing to get on the idea that ronda can can get inside clinch and and figure out something from there but now you look at it and it's like yeah she'd do what holly holm did she'd circle punch her in the face twice and it'd be a wrap so it's it's impossible for me to shake that but i think at the time i would have thought it'd be at least semi-competitive
4: definitely it's it's a good thing i didn't have a podcast or any sort of outlet like that back then because i would have been telling i mean i was to anyone who would listen to me back then i was telling a lot of people i thought ronda rousey would be cyborg but i was for the <laughs> i was them? for the longest and, and- time and i'm sure we'll do a, a, a damn they were good on cyborg one day if she ever retires i mean she's just she keeps knocking heads around she may around never she, retire she may never retire she's so good but at the time, I, 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 and to this day, I'll always sort of scrutinize Chris Cyborg's record. I mean, yeah, listen, you can only beat who you who they put in front of you, and she beat everybody they put in front of her. But I think I was I was really high on the round of RISE train for sure, and I was like, I really think like she could submit it for the reasons you guys mentioned. If they if they get into that situation where there's there's a tight grapple, man, I I, I think I think rising a submitter. But you know, Cyborg also has great jujitsu. There's a very good chance she could survive those situations. Um, but I was very on. If you would ask me around that era, 2014, twenty fourteen, twenty sixteen, uh, well, maybe before that, maybe twenty sixteen, but twenty fourteen and then before the Holly Home fight, twenty fifteen, I would have said I would have picked Rousey for sure. She would
3: have opened as a as a favorite, no doubt. She would. <laughs> if, if, if we're not looking at the Holly Home fight, she would have opened as a favorite. Yeah. Now, not as big as the home uh, line, but she would have opened as a huge favorite over yeah.
4: over Cyborg.
2: I mean, especially if we're saying she beat home, she's definitely opening as a favorite there. Yes, um, that changes
4: everything. That changes. I had that not changes, thought of that. that can you so
2: imagine much. if she had beaten Holly home and then goes and somehow beats Chris Cyborg? Like, I she's just an unbelievable megastar. If that happens, what it, could have been
3: the the effects of that are so crazy? Because then you think about the fact: does are they putting their energy into building Conor McGregor, or are they just like, hey, we're gonna ride around Ronda Rousey for? the next 10 pay-per-views like are yeah. they building this next guy who's going to be the pay-per-view star who's going to be their thing maybe there's not as much attention maybe ronda's the one doing all the media ops there's there's a crazy world if ronda rousey beats holly Holm, where like the whole mma world is different
4: but but, but maybe she just retires though if she beats cyborg right this is chance. She, got, she was already one foot out the door right she beats cyborg honestly where the hell would you go from that yeah. where, where would you go me should take
0: four baby let's do it And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
2: All right, y'all, just a few more categories, and we've got a new one. It is the brand Brad Iams, whoa, are you serious, Award? This category is named after Brad Imes, the 6'8", 280 heavyweight who was once on Tough, and also once won back-to-back fights by Gogo Plata. As far as I know, the only person in MMA to do that, and it remains the funniest thing in the world to me. So this category is for the most impressive or unbelievable career statistic. I got a little excited. I have a bunch of them. So let's lead off with you. Sounds like talking about it before... Ricky, you you feel the least confident in this category. So what did you dig up for us?
3: Yeah, mine's not really that impressive. It's extremely obvious. It's she finished 6 UFC title fights in a row. Like there've been plenty of people who won 6 UFC title fights in a row, but that record I believe still stands. And the the combined time on that was 17 minutes and 57 seconds. The Tate rematch was 10 minutes and 58 seconds of it. So like basically she was doing work really quick, but six six Title fight finishes in a row is a record that I think might last the test of time. Like that is extremely tough to do. So, uh, Ronda Ronda's run right there was was pretty magical.
4: Yeah, yeah. Just to add to that, the last four from from McMahon, Davis, Zagana to Colheia, a little over two minutes, a little over two minutes after after the Tate fight, that was it. Her next four title defenses, a little over two minutes. That's it. That's insane.
2: I mean, it's super insane. And I, one of my facts, in fact, is that Ronda Rousey. I don't know if you guys ever look this up. She owns the three fastest finishes in UFC women's championship history and also number five. So four of the top five. Any any ideas, just quick shot off the top of your, your head, who the one person who also is in that top five is? It's Amanda Nunes. It is her win over Chris Cyborg, which was oh, 51 yeah, seconds or whatever, because yeah. I... I when I was going back to look, there I was like, does she just have all of the fastest finishes in women's MMA history, <laughs> MMA championship history? And it's like, actually, no. Cyborg does sneak one in there, but four of five is a pretty dominant. Is a word that you could use to describe that. I would say, yeah. Mike, what about you as far as interesting stats and factoids?
1: I just think it's absolutely nuts that of this woman's twelve victories, nine of them were under a minute. Nine of them were under one minute. Ten of them were a minute and six or less. That's friggin ridiculous. Like that That's is friggin insane. ridiculous. Nine out of twelve wins under one minute, ten under sixty like sixty six seconds or less. It's insane. It's just absolutely insane. And I, like just her total time fighting is just ridiculous. Like I haven't even done the math for that yet. Oh, like, I, I have. tried, and I realized I did it wrong. <laughs> but I want to hear it since you have it yeah. all in there I, which is one have it one, re- one fight that entered the third round
2: I I have it because I so I, I did her a whole uh career but then I realized that that's way less interesting than this the way to frame it is this which is my my favorite of the factoids her total UFC career fight time is 24 minutes and 44 seconds Frankie Edgar has surpassed that in 11 fights inside the <laughs> UFC, in 11 fights, not 11 fights combined in 11 individual fights. He fought more than Rhonda did in her entire career yeah. inside the UFC, which is, it's my favorite way to play with math here is absolutely insane.
3: Not even one full five round championship fight. She didn't even make it to the she 25 never made it to the championship rounds. That's crazy. Runes.
2: She never made it yeah. into the championship rounds. She barely made it into the third round. She tapped tape. But I'm under talking total. She oh, doesn't yeah, even her equal total, one
3: yeah. total. One total championship oh, yeah. fight. That's one, crazy. She
2: yeah. She's absolutely. It's my favorite way to play with numbers here. I have one other, which is uh, Ronda owns a ton of records. So I mean, you could especially UFC records. She's the first Olympic medalist to win a UFC championship. Obviously, Henry Cejudo would go on to equal that, um, better it if you want to argue that his gold is better than her bronze. Uh, she's fastest, you know, talked about fastest fights. She has the most armbar finishes uh, mm. in WC, UFC, Pride, Strike Force history, but at nine. But fun fact, she does not have the most armbar finishes in women's MMA because, my dear friends, that I believe, I'm not a thousand percent sure on this, but I believe that belongs to Yukasuji, who does at least have 11 armbar finishes to her career. Obviously, wow. very big in Japanese MMA pioneer of the sport if you guys don't know better ask somebody about Yukasuji. but that's kind of the fun with math i had ak did you have any other
4: no but i just think it's like the way you pray like we just talk about always how short her career is and then to frame it like that it makes me realize like our actual time watching her in the cage was legitimately that short it's not just the yeah. four it's not just the only 14 fights and only you know five years in the in the uh, her career like less than 25 minutes of actual in cage action
2: which is just absolutely wild and even if you add up her her pre-ufc career all of all of her pre-ufc fights were were first round finishes only one of them went past the minute mark i mean adding that all together you're adding another seven minutes total to her fight time like just what an interesting career in that way all right i love the new category i had so much fun picking things out for that next category one of my personal favorites we sometimes have some difficulty but i think this time it sounds like we all might have have a very good feel. The Sean Ferris Award for the actor who should play them in a movie. This is named after Sean Ferris, the actor who played Jake Tyler in the cinematic masterpiece Never Back Down. I have one, I mean, you could pick Rhonda. Think, you know, Rhonda, we've talked about her acting, not the best. <laughs> but for me, I want to see if AK, I think you and I might be on the same page. I think the obvious answer, the first thing I thought was Florence
4: Pugh. I absolutely so, okay, yeah. let's go, baby. Of course, Same. we all let the yeah. look. She, she, she Same. can do action. She just did Black Widow. She did. Uh, she played Paige in the the WWE biopic movie. She's of the right age. I didn't age. know that
2: was a thing, but okay.
4: Yeah, so she's done physical, like some stunt work. She's she's had to get into sort of a different shape to play, you know, certain roles. <laughs> she's of the age where she could play a younger Ronda yeah. and also play an older Ronda. It, it's just perfect. We're, she's an Academy Award nominee, future Academy Award winner. Yeah. She's That's- she rules. Yeah, she rules. Midsummer's.
3: I have to admit, here. I didn't know it was so obvious, but I'm glad we all kind of arrived. Oh at it.
2: yeah, it was in, the only like instantaneous. Well, I was like, I oh, had one backup. Yeah, Wait, well, actually, yeah, yeah. before well, I go, what about Mike? Let's see where Mike is at. Yeah, if Mike was on the pew train with us. She
1: was my number two, but mine just because it was more fun. We'd have to like de-age or throw her back in a time machine. Julia Stiles was, oh, of course. My pick.
2: Julia Stiles, exactly. she looks yeah. exactly, yeah, she yeah. Looks exactly
1: yeah. like Rhonda. So you make
4: the movie six years ago. It's if Julia. Stiles. You, if you could do, yeah, yeah, Julia
2: Stiles. You know, twenty twenty twelve Julia Stiles. I'm in. Ten things I hate I about that's you, a,
1: Julia Stiles is the correct answer. One that's,
2: of the best. movies That's a great ever. choice. I don't. I I do not hate that choice at all. But yep. this is the first time it's been this easy for. Yes. For this I,
3: category, let me throw this out there. This was my number two. What about like somebody? Now she's a little older than Florence, but not much. But what about somebody like Brie Larson? I feel like she'd take it pretty seriously. She's oh. got a little bit of badass vibes going right now because of the Marvel Brie stuff. Larson,
2: Brie Larson. I, feel like I still she could think could off. do it just from an yeah. age standpoint. I still think that yeah. could be a.
3: She's not much song. older, but she's a little bit older than than Florence. But yeah, sure, I think yeah. I think we're all like Florence Pugh. Let's do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's this is the case. Somebody Hollywood, call me. Uh, I'll start writing a script for the Rhonda movie Florence Pugh just just book it. And Michelle Rodriguez gusto.
1: Michelle Rodriguez has <laughs> to be in the movie as <laughs> a rematch Amanda Nunes that she that she taps yeah <laughs> that she ta- no one that she taps out quickly find a way to make it work but okay
2: yeah. Michelle Maybe Rodriguez as Amanda Nunes is is the best thing that could ever happen
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's even better but, but we got to get Rhonda one back here
2: oh god that Wow, that's the best time we've ever had with that category. Unanimous, <laughs> unanimous
4: decision. Florence yeah, yes, you. absolutely.
2: The next award, Cole Conrad Career Change Award, named after Cole Conrad, who famously abandoned Bellator and while being the heavyweight champion to go sell milk. And that is what would what would Ronda Rousey do if she weren't a fighter? This is my least favorite category to today, just because I only have the answer of pro wrestling. It's obviously what she is doing. I'd like to find a better one, but it was hard for me to think of something she's better suited to than that.
3: Yeah, I mean, my answer was we know the answer wrestling, but also like rancher slash farmer and like video game streamer. Like the way I, I approached this was like, what do I know about Ronda Rousey? And the answer is, I don't know jack shit about Ronda Rousey, except the things that she lets us see because she's such a like closely guarded person and has never really like opened up that much. And the things we see her do are the things that she does. So all I know is that she likes to wrestle, she likes to tend to her farm, and she likes to stream video games. So that's all I got is is that's what she'd be doing.
4: Yeah, I, I, I'm with the streamer thing. That was my first thought. Her love of Pokemon and probably other video games is so genuine. Yeah. I, I can't find. I was just trying to find the clip now on YouTube. I know there's a clip on our on MA fighting Emmy uh, Fighting's YouTube where she talks about Pokemon. It's but, she's web, a, website, but she's done a great. But she's done it. great
2: YouTube. A lot great of YouTube. great shows. <laughs> the MMA Hour, fantastic show. Fantastic. Tremendous. No,
4: buts Great podcast. But she—if you hear her talk about it, it's when you hear like anyone nerd out about something and they lose all their faculties, they lose all sense of social decorum, they—they they lose all like they don't even try to provide context to the person they're talking to. They just get so into it. So anyone dig up like interviews of her time on Pokemon, it—it it is legitimate, and she would be a, she would definitely become a like not just a successful streamer, she'd be like one of the top like streamers for sure with, with her personality, her look, her again, her, her dedication to the game as it were. Um, yeah. If MMA wasn't an option, she'd be streaming right now.
2: Mike, Julia Styles' number one fan. Do you have anything different?
1: <laughs> I mean, those are all great answers and I, I tend to go back to this, but this is a little bit of a different one. Cause for Cerrone, I thought he'd be a great, like reality show money winner, just going on have. all the shows and doing well. Like, Ronda Rousey would have been a great castmate for the real world because then we would have learned Ooh. more about her. She might have she might have just whooped some ass, male or female, arm dudes, ar- arm dudes, dude barring dudes after uh, a night on the town when libations are drunk at a pretty ferocious pace. Rousey just beating up dudes in the in the alleyway like that'd be super fun. And for you, New York Rick, what that would have led to would have been a just a, a rich career. I love where this is The challenge on the challenge. Like maybe the biggest money winner in the history of the challenge. Um, Maybe she's co-hosting with TJ Laban right now, but Rhonda would have been a Rhonda would have been just, it would have just been really interesting to see how she would have done in that kind of setting before she became like this massive star. And she probably would have become a star in that setting as well, just because of who she was and the look and her attitude and her confidence. But then she just would have won millions on the challenge, which would have been fun.
3: Absolutely nailed it. She would have been the best villain in challenge history. The only the only thing that could have prevented her is if she faced some early adversity and then quit and went home. Because <laughs> I could also see that happening.
1: She lost the final at Johnny She Bananas. lost the final
3: and was just like, I'm done. But man, <laughs> that is such a tremendous answer. That I mean, that that's the one.
2: I like it. I mean, you could also do just Bouncer and, you know. In a, a country western bar, is that yeah. Too, so soon. Too soon. Yeah. Too
1: she soon. got yeah, and then Jake Gyllenhaal did it for less money, and <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal's
2: taken everything she job. worked for. <laughs> also, I doubt Jake Gyllenhaal did it for less money than Rondo would have gotten. Uh, I know. I don't think Rondo's great negotiator based on how much Dana White enjoyed working with her. So, <laughs> uh second to last category: the Phil Baroni Award. I'm the best ever. It is. What is the career peak? What is the apex of Ronda Rousey's career? I have a very, very obvious answer. I don't, I would love to hear if you guys think different, but it it has to be the Betch Coheia fight for me. It's just, that was when it was all clicking. She'd come off these back-to-back wins. She goes to Brazil, fights what is obviously an easy matchup, but then knocks her out. You know, that, that she's got hands. It gets her on the, cover of she yes, was on of, the
4: cover of, of the ring yeah. magazine ring
2: yeah and she saw the pay cover- pay-per-views against betch Kohea. <laughs> like that is
4: i and then more after
2: yeah like just an infinite number of pay-per-views against betch freaking Kohea. and she could have done anything if she had retired at that moment to go be a professional wrestler like it would. Everyone would like, oh, she's just the greatest ever, and that's how it would have been. So to me, that's it. That's the peak, but I'm willing to hear other arguments.
0: I'm
3: with I, you. I, there's there's no other argument. At that moment in time, after that fight, Ronda Rousey could have picked anything in the entire world that she wanted to do, and she would have had the, the entry to that. They would have opened the doors for her to do it.
2: To dominate boxing. She made boxing. the
3: freaking cover of Ring Magazine without ever <laughs> having boxed. <laughs> She had one knockout. I mean, Alexis Davis was a TKO, but she took her down and bashed her face. And, like, man, like, after that fight, she's as big as any star has ever been in have combat we, sports.
4: Have we launched the MMA Fighting TikTok? Is there an MMA Fight Talk yes. yet? We Follow have. it
3: on TikTok Follow at MMA it. Fight Talk.
4: We, we won't do this because it's cruel. We should, we have, we should, but we should do a TikTok of the cover of the Ring Magazine and under <laughs> it, the gif of the shadow boxing.
2: Why are you just, saying we sh- we won't do it because it's cruel? We should absolutely. That's the best idea just, I've ever seen.
4: It's so <laughs> amazing to think about. And I remember I was, well, during the home fight, they mentioned like home is like mentioned in an issue recently as like I guess among the greatest, you know, uh, women's box of home. Like home is International mentioned Boxing in the magazine. Hall of Ronda fame. Rousey was it, now in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Ronda Rousey was on the cover. Yeah, the cover. That's it. Didn't it. age I guess, well. I can't. I can't.
1: Guys, I can't. Cold
2: take. Cold so, take is what that is.
1: So I had I had a silver medalist for this category cuz I thought Kay was probably the obvious the, was probably the most a, obvious answer. Do you
2: have a bronze medalist, you know, in the spirit of Ronda? Nope. <laughs> no. She she,
1: uh, she she wins them both with this one. December 2013, UFC 168, Misha Tate part 2 because we got to see the villainous side of Ronda Rousey. We got to see mm. the heel persona of Ronda Rousey because Misha was trying to be all respectful and shake Ronda's hand. And Ronda was like, walked away. And Ronda kind of got like a little bit of heat for the first time in her career. And Ronda, like Ronda has been able to bounce back to that pretty much anytime she wanted. And that was the first time people looked at Ronda in a different kind of view but it still worked because people cared. She evoked more emotion after that fight than maybe she ever had in her entire career. So that to me was probably a pivotal moment for her because we got to see sort of the villain side and she became almost must-see pay-per-view star for that for that reason because you either wanted to see her go out and just armbar another woman in 25 seconds or you wanted to see Sarah McMahon or Alexis Davis or Kat Zingano or... Even Betch punch her in the face and give her those comeuppance that maybe she deserved after sort of turning her back on Misha and having that moment after the fight. So I thought that was actually like a real big star making moment for her, whether it was per- portrayed as like Ronda as a, as a baby face. But now you're adding that villainous role to her as well that you could sell in a different way. So I think that actually helped her star potential quite a bit as well.
2: Here's my silver medalist, because I do think there's there's another moment that we just haven't really spent much time talking about. And uh, this is not my purview, you know, the AK. So I'll, I'll tee you up and you can wax if you need to. But the WrestleMania 31 thing, The Rock is the biggest star in the world. Like, there's there's nobody in the world who doesn't know The Rock. And her going, while still being a fighter, not even doing the pro wrestling thing at that point, going WrestleMania the Rock is in the ring with her, raising her hand. Like I don't follow wrestling, and I knew that was happening because that's it's The Rock, it's the biggest movie star in the world, boosting her up, and that, like that is I, that's probably the thing she's like the remembers the I would assume is like the most stoked about her entire career, unless you wanted to say bronze medal at the Olympics.
1: Yeah, and she might have had the best in ring debut in the history of professional wrestling, like when she had that tag. Is that match the case? With, with Angle, hey, hey, hey! Be Triple respectful
3: H. to Logan Paul. Wait a minute. It was up. Oh, but yeah, I mean, wow. Yeah. With the
1: impact and the, like expectation, like look, L- Logan Paul was phenomenal at WrestleMania, she was even great at SummerSlam. But Ronda and Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon is about as perfect of a of a, of a debut as you can get. And I was like, oh, this was actually really good because I I had horrific expectations heading into it. I thought Ronda was just gonna be junk, and she was actually really good. And it was about as good as you can get for that situation. Now Logan Paul is and Pat McAfee are two unicorns in this type of situation, but <laughs> but Ronda, I mean that was that was an excellent. You could watch that match a million times and not
4: get bored of it. Shout shout us to Bad Bunny as well. Shout us to Bad Bunny. Um, but uh, yeah, listen that match. Uh, uh, Dave Meltzer approved four and a quarter stars. See four and a quarter stars for her first ever mm-hmm. match. So I mean, obviously, big credit to Kurt Angle, AAA Stephanie McMahon as well. But yeah. That was it was fun, really fun to watch.
2: Not to derail us too much, because we need to close this down, but I genuinely do not know the answer. And you know, I've got got best friends here who know both of these things very well. So is Rhonda a better wrestler than she was a fighter?
4: No, 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 no. She's good. She's right, good. Okay. But but I I, I, also I have think...
2: no concept for where she is as a pro wrestler.
4: Yeah. I mean, I remember she was tr- like, she had been training it on and off, like, you know, in her free time before, like, she, she's a huge, huge wrestling fan, right? So there's a genuine love there. And then you add in her athleticism her natural gifts, her actual fighting ability. It was definitely an easier transition for her than than for a lot of other, you know, it would be for a lot of others. But yeah, she's I think she's she's above average. I don't know if she's great. But she's definitely above average. Um, for someone who's, you know, essentially has started her pro wrestling career proper so late.
1: If wrestling was – if pro wrestling was just going in there and wrestling, she'd be, like, good. She'd be, like, a B. But wrestling is about selling yourself and getting on a microphone and speaking. Mm -hmm. And she's terrible at that. Like, really, really Really? awful. Yeah, yeah. She's not great at it. She's as awful as she was when a microphone was in front of her at the UFC a lot of times. Oh, she's so bad. She's really bad. She's like she was on The Ultimate Fighter. Like, everything she said, you were just like, oh, please stop. Like, it was, it's, she's just not good. And that's fine. Like we, like I've said this a million times, you cannot, we cannot be all things. Ronda as a promo cutter is just not good. She's a fine wrestler and a fine did, entertainer. Does she have a
2: mouthpiece? Is like Paul Heyman? No, she, dude.
1: she just turned into a villain. So if Paul Heyman, if you're listening to this, get in <laughs> Triple H's ear. Help her. Let Ronda just make mean faces and you talk for her. Because I think that'd be the best what, thing that could do happen. the Brock Lesnar thing
3: I have to admit I'm so like I, I'm not shocked because I, I guess I hear some of this but like she I have never thought of somebody as a more natural heel in like real life than Ronda Rousey it's 100%. like Floyd Mayweather Ronda yeah. Rousey like she is Perfect the most forward. natural yeah. heel oh yeah, yeah. Be yourself
0: but she yeah, can't no do smiling. it as a
3: performance she just yeah. can't do it huh
0: Damn. her walking out just the curtain that she can't and act? smiling at the yeah. fans I Basically. never got
1: that I never got that <laughs>
2: I guess she just can't act. Yeah. well, you know, there it goes. Anyway, we've gone on for an infinite amount of time. We got to blow this thing down. So let's do it. Final category. It is the Legacy Award. It is is just putting a bow on Ronda Rousey's career. And Mike, let us start with you. Anything you got to say about Roddy Ronda Rousey, get it off your chest.
1: I'm just going to kind of go back to where I was at the beginning of this thing. There are certain terms that get thrown out that are used very loosely. Ronda Rousey is a pioneer. Without Ronda Rousey, we are not having this show. We are not doing what we do for MAFighting.com. She is such a pivotal piece of this puzzle. And if there is a Mount Rushmore of importance when it comes to the UFC, Ronda Rousey's face best beyond yours. Because if not... You're just wrong. Like, you're just terribly wrong. And it's, like, New York Rick has made such a great point about hindsight and how we view Ronda now compared to what it was like in the build. Like, we think about Chris Cyborg versus Ronda Rousey now, and we would just immediately think that Chris Cyborg would just blow the doors off her because we just look at the last two fights that we saw Ronda compete in, and that's just not who she was as a fighter. That was the, the burnt-out version of Ronda Rousey. This is the Ronda Rousey whose heart just wasn't really in it anymore. She was just doing things perhaps for the wrong reasons, and she was dealing with a lot. And I think if you really look beyond just the narrative of Ronda Rousey at the end of her career, if you look beyond some of the things that were said, how she handled the build to the Amanda Nunes fight, if you just take all that out of it and just peel off those layers and just just listen to some of the things she was saying. Like go back to that Ellen DeGeneres interview she did when she talked about the depression, she talked about suicidal thoughts and talked about the pressures that were on her. And you realize that Ronda Rousey could be both told as someone that was larger than life, but also as a human being that just never got the understanding that most athletes in her position would have gotten. And Ronda in any other sport is viewed from that sense, probably much differently. Probably much differently. Like she was in the WNBA, or was an you know just continued on as an Olympic athlete, or she was a professional golfer or tennis player. Like we would be having a totally different conversation about Ronda the person and not Ronda the fighter and the one who got knocked out by Holly Holm and the one that got run over by Amanda Nunes. We'd be looking at her much differently and to see what she has done with herself and been able to pick up the pieces from that and turn it into a whole other profession and become a star in that profession. Yeah, I I dump on her a little bit for her promo cutting skills, but it doesn't take away the fact that she went on to do big things and is continuing to do big things. So Ronda Rousey deserves better from most people, if we're being honest. And what she did resume-wise for her career as an actual MMA fighter like Rick said earlier, you're never, ever going to see that again. You're never going to see another woman come in and put up the type of numbers that she put up. What if you were along for that ride, you were a witness to something special and something we're never going to see again in women's MMA, at least not for a very long time. I will not be on this earth the next time we see something like this.
2: I love it. Okay. Yeah. I Let's love go best good. friend.
4: There's not a lot to add to that. I mean, that that's just the perfect way to sum it up. I, I, I you know, I, I we can say this almost at the end of every episode, Jed, but like, it sucks how much in MMA, in retrospect, people want to kind of downplay someone's achievements and question their competition, which was really absurd with Rousey, the competition part, because seven, I want to say seven of her last eight opponents are still fighting. Uh, Liz Carmouche is a world champion in Bellator now, different weight class. World champion. Misha Tate came back, still fighting. Sarah McMann is still fighting. Uh, Alex Davis not with the UFC anymore, is not retired. She's still fighting. Katzen Gano is three and zero in Bellator. Uh, Betscoheira retired. Holly Holm still fighting. Amanda Nunes still fighting. So these are still relevant names. Uh, she lost Nunes home, That's fine. But because she beat them so quickly, I don't. Know, it's weird how how we're like, oh, well, we'll look back and like, oh, Lex Davis is not good, or Sarah McMann is not good. I'm like, that's absurd. These are really, really good high level fighters. Liz Carmouche, we know, is a really good fighter. So, her resume was very strong at the time. She beat the best that she could beat at the time in a division that I feel, back then at least, was stronger. Well, and even now, it was stronger than Featherweight. Featherweight's not a real division. So, any talk of, like, comparing her to Chris Cyborg and stuff like that, yeah, Chris Cyborg has definitely lapped her, has gone past her right now, the longevity alone. But her resume, I still think, stands up. Her peak stands up with anyone, man or woman, man or woman. The peak of her career stands up with anybody. Uh, So... Again, there's a lot of reasons to dislike her personally. That's fine. That's a whole other thing. Her fighting achievements, though, I feel like should be impeccable. And I feel like anyone questioning her legacy or impact just doesn't know, it, it, or either wasn't there, or it, it, you know, for whatever reason, cannot put into proper perspective how important she was to the game and how good a fighter she actually was. That's that's a lot that what I want to punctuate. Ronda Rousey was a really, really, really good fighter.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to take the baton because you guys both said like everything eloquently uh, the same way I was going to say it underappreciated. I think she hasn't gotten a fair shake from fans. The part that I'll pivot to, because I agree with everything you said, is that I think part of it is, is on Ronda Rousey to a certain extent. She cultivated a certain persona, her, her petulance for lack of a better word. I used it earlier, but I think it applies her, her lack of humility, her, her, the personality that she was, was her biggest, the, the the wind in her sails that propelled her to great heights because she was uncompromising. She was unashamed. She was who she was. And she was going to tell you that she was going to beat you. And then she would go in the cage and do it. It's a, it's a tried and true method. Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor. This is how you achieve that superstardom is by, is being uniquely um, confident in your abilities and then going out and proving it. But also when the fall comes, the people are lined up to dance on your grave that is that is how this goes in is in this combat sport and i think that's the story of Ronda Rousey is she flew so high and got so close to the sun because of who she was but when that fall came this is why she's underappreciated this is why people are are lining up to do that it's unfortunate because as we've all kind of like talked about in in this lengthy you know evaluation of her career at her peak she was the best of the best. This is one of the most dominant fighters who's ever fought. One of the most um, important fighters who's ever fought, um, and she should be recognized as such. But I think because of the way it ended and because of the the way she handled herself, there's people who are not willing to grant her that, who are not giving her that grace, um, and that's unfortunate. But damn, Ronda Rousey was good, man. Like, there's no other way to say it other than that. Like, she was freaking good. Um, I had a few moments that stood out for me. Um, but they're on the lighter side, so maybe I'll pass the Jed, and then and then we could circle back and and
2: I'll no, no, go, those. no, go, go for the go for the few moments, because honestly, I don't have too much to say. You guys have summed it all up very well.
3: <laughs> There's two moments that I remember, and they're less they're less serious, and they're really not even like Ronda moments necessarily. They're they're involving Ronda. One of them Jed teased earlier, which is the call in the Holly Home fight where Mike Goldberg says the line and i quote now rogan is acknowledging ronda rousey gassing out and mike goldberg says takes a lot of energy to be a rock star sure does. that line that that is one of the greatest things that's ever happened in mma i will never forget it um it's just (laughs) like the absurdity of that line in that moment where ronda rousey is about to get pieced completely up um has stuck with me forever and then another one which has been immortalized on the internet was ronda rousey on the heels of the biggest win of her career, UFC 157, just defeated Liz Carmouche. History is made. The first female fight has happened. Ronda Rousey defends her belt, walks out of the cage, riding high. And as she's walking out of the cage, she clears security and she sees people she recognizes in the crowd, right on the other side of the barrier. And she starts walking over. And as she walks over, she opens her arms up for a hug Standing in her periphery is Karen Bryant, uh, TV host and, and reporter Karen Bryant, who thinks that the hug is for her. And she, <laughs> oh, <that's so> good. <laughs> she she jumps into that hug with Rhonda, one Rhonda with one arm on Karen and one arm on the people she knows. Rhonda turns to her. I'll never know what was said there. Rhonda turns to her and Karen slinks away gracefully, I might add. She does this very well. Uh, and then Rhonda returns to the hug for who it was intended for. The 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 identification that I had in that moment, the secondhand embarrassment, oh, but yeah. knowing that feeling, of feeling that. like somebody's coming for for you, and oh. it wasn't for you, uh, I can never shake that. I can never forget that moment <laughs> on the on the heels of history. <laughs> Ronda Rousey just did one of the most incredible things of all time. That moment after will always stick with me, mm-hmm. um, and it barely has anything to do with Ronda. But but God bless that moment. Who
4: I among love us? That so Who among much? us guys? Who among us?
1: For a number of reasons that I will not mention here, but I love that, and I'm probably gonna go watch that moment as best. soon as I'm done with this. It's the it, best because you're
4: right.
3: We've there's all no done. many how it doesn't matter how many times I see it. My my shoulders slink. I I like my neck disappears. I just cringe into myself. It's impossible not to. It's, it's
4: people can't it's, see. It, it, I was covering my face as you ramped up. Yeah. I knew exactly time. what story. Yeah, what story? You're I just started covering yeah. my face as if, as if, if I covered my face, I wouldn't like see it when you when you you know describe <laughs> it. It's, it's rough. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, that's a great note to end on because <laughs> the only thing I have to say about it really is that Ronda Rousey is the most important female fighter in the history of the sport. I still think, to AK's point, she, it's not just that she's important; she. It gets lost because of, as we said, because of how her career ended, how good she was, because the people she beat were good and still are good in many respects. Like I, I think she is still a top five all-time female fighter. Like pound for pound, top five based on merit. And so that's that's it. And we've because everything else happened, we she's become a joke in some respects, and it's just Holly Holm really kicked all of the respect for her just out the window and then the way that she handled the return. But at the end of the day, she deserves to be the first woman in the UFC's Hall of Fame. She deserves all the accolades that will come to her later on when people can kind of get past it and and think back on the history of the sport and just how important she was. Because she was she was important and she was damn good. And that is the point of this show. And there's a reason... She was always going to be the first woman that we did on this show because we haven't, we honestly didn't talk about it a lot. But like outside of being good and the fact that it's assumed with how short her career is, it's just super fun to watch her work. When she was cooking, she was cooking with gas, baby. Like, and it doesn't take long. You can go watch all of her fights in less than 25 minutes as we established. And it's all, it was all fun. It is incredibly fun to watch Sarah McMahon rumble across the cage and get her knee, just guts, kneed out of her body. Or to see Alexis Davis get hip-tossed and then punched into into the netherworld. Or Katsanganu in that weird, like, rolled-up armbar, that whole thing. All of it was super damn fun. And that's what this is about. It's about being fun. It's about being important. It's about being good. And damn, Ronda Rousey was good. So thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did talking about it ricky thank you for making your debut A.K. mike Heck, best friends thank you for being with me always whenever i need you especially with your pro wrestling expertise i don't know who we're doing next but we will be back in two weeks with another episode of this and we're gonna have just as much fun then because we always do so thanks for listening this has been damn they were good love you guys
0: And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
4: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.